0: Hello, good day, and welcome to this episode of After School History. I am your humble host, Anthony J. Aschettino, and I do really appreciate everyone tuning in for this. I appreciate a lot of the feedback that I got from people on uh, my first episode, and so I wanted to make another one and talk about something else that's very uh, near and dear to my heart, and that is uh, the need to not force your views on other people. Now, I understand um, most of you are probably saying, well, this is kind of something that we all should have learned in kindergarten. Uh, You don't force your views on other people. Yet, uh, somehow, we find ourselves continually dealing with this in life. Uh, We have so many examples, uh, you know, today in the United States and around the world of people trying to force their particular views on other people And this is problematic for many reasons, and I'm going to talk a little bit about that today. Um, I'm going to try and make this podcast a little bit shorter because I do value the fact that you, um, you know, bother to listen to this, and I value your time. I know that you got many things to do, um, and I appreciate you spending the 15 to 20 minutes uh, with me on a regular basis and listening to what I have to say. So I'm going to start out with something that's uh, very close to home, uh, vegetarianism. So I'm a vegetarian, okay, you get the laughs out now. Uh, I'm a vegetarian, but I'm not one of those vegetarians that runs around screaming about meat being murder. It's a personal choice of mine. I don't force it on other people. I allow meat to be cooked in my house. Um, if I'm, you know, if there's a party over and someone asks me to take over in the grill for a few minutes, I'll do that. It's just something that I choose not to eat meat. Uh, if you want to eat meat, that's fine. If you want to eat meat at the same table as me, that's fine. Uh, I view it as a personal choice. If someone asks me about it, uh, sure, I'll explain to them my reasons for being a vegetarian, but I'm not going to be judgmental about people, and I'm not going to force anyone to do something. It's a personal choice, and people need to feel that they can make personal choices. Now, there are some times, I know that people might say there are some times where there are things that are bad. There are some issues, there are some areas where things are black and white, where things are right and and wrong, and in those cases, yes, sometimes you do have to take steps to make sure that what is right is being done. But when we talk about that, that that's actually, for the most part, those are things where uh, it should be fairly obvious. Sadly, it's not sometimes, but it should be obvious about stuff. I mean, for example, you know, killing other people, um, you know, that's wrong. A, a war notwithstanding. But, you know, going out and murdering people, that's wrong, okay? Uh, We have every right to say, no, you're wrong. My belief that not murdering people is right, that is actually right, and we should uh, have laws that prevent people from doing certain things. But then we get to other areas where it's rather gray, and then we get to areas where things are non provable. So one of the main things in the United States that's been coming up lately, and indeed around the world as well, is the issue of religion, or the issue of lack thereof. And most of the time, when you're dealing with people who have religious beliefs, um, they, when they're with people of their own religion, it's no problem, it's, you know, ho-hum, this is what we believe, we're going to do this, we're going to do that. But when they feel that their religious beliefs are being questioned or threatened, um, they tend to dig in, and they tend to become more radical. And, you know, you find this in a lot of different parts of the world. Um, And, and. While there's nothing wrong, I mean, inherently, if you want to believe, uh, and belief, by the way, implies, you know, faith in the absence of evidence. So, you know, if someone says, well, I believe that when you die, um, you go to a heaven and you see people that you love, that's fine. You can believe that. There's no way to actually prove it, but, you know, you could say, well, there's no way not to prove it. You're right. Um, I don't believe in gravity. Uh, gravity exists. Gravity is provable. You know, uh, if you don't believe me, you know, take a baseball or you know, whatever and, and drop it. Uh, you can drop it a million times, and every time you drop it, it will fall to the ground because gravity is not something that is debatable. Okay? Uh, it exists. It's provable. It's scientifically provable. And the problem with these systems where people, though, feel the need to force their beliefs on others is where it starts infringing on people's individual rights and and the rights of people to go about their lives. And so then you have situations, uh, like I I was reading a great article today um, about Saudi Arabia, where, uh, might I add, 15 of the 19 hijackers who committed the horrendous events of uh, the 9-11 attacks in the United States brought down the Twin Towers, killed almost 3,000 Americans, um, yet we're still good friends with them. Uh, for some reason, I'm sure it has nothing to do with oil. Um, they have guardianship system, and what that means is that as a woman, you are never actually a full human being, in the sense that you never are actually an adult. Um, from the time you're born until the time you die, you are under the guardianship of someone. You're under the guardianship of your father when you are a young child or an uncle or an elder brother, someone. There's a male guardian over you. Uh, You can't go out without their permission. You can't travel anywhere without their permission. You can't open a bank account without their permission. Um, There's very little you actually can do without their permission. Um, And then when you get older and you get married, your husband becomes your guardian and, you know, there are many people say, well, yes, but Saudi women still have tremendous control over their own houses. That's true. But when push comes to shove, um, if a Saudi woman says, I want to leave the country, and their guardian says, no, they can't leave the country, period. And that's what we get to when we talk about things. You know, we talk about like, well, in theory, this and that, the reality is when you push things to their logical conclusion. So you want to make an argument that, oh, no, 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 the women have the same rights in most cases as men. Okay, well, what about the right to freely travel somewhere? In the United States, you know, as a woman in most countries, most every country in the world, as a woman, if you want to drive to the mall, you can drive to the mall. In Saudi Arabia, you cannot. Um, You can't travel to another country um, as a grown woman, as a woman over 18 years of age. You can't say, well, you know what, I want to fly to Germany. I want to move to France. No, it's it's not possible unless your guardian says so. Um, so that's the problem, and there's an app that's out there right now uh, for both um, um, Android and Apple called Absher, which uh, basically allows the guardians, these men, to track their women to be able to put things in about where they can go and where they can't go, um, and it, it prevents women from exercising their own free rights. Um, I find this very problematic because I think that probably the greatest thing we have in the United States and in most of um, the progressive countries of this world is freedom of speech and freedom of expression. Um, that, to me, is the real basis of everything else. All other rights and freedoms stem from that original point that you have the right to express yourself and you have freedom of speech. If you deny that, everything else becomes completely irrelevant. Uh, The famous philosopher Voltaire one time said, I may not agree with what you have to say, but I will defend to the death your right to say it. Okay, and that's how we should feel. I think there are a lot of of really problematic things being said, especially by the current administration, Um, you know, blatant, blatant lies, and they should be called out as lies, and I'm not saying that we don't have the right, we don't have the responsibility, in fact, we don't have the obligation, we do, to call out things when they're wrong, but I don't want to get to the point where you have to censor people who say, well, you can't say this, you can't say that. It's a very slippery slope, and once you start limiting what people can say and what people can express themselves on, um, then it becomes an issue of, okay, well, what else can we censor? And then depending on who comes into power, I mean, you know, if the Democrats are in power, they might want to censor certain conservative things, but that opens the door then for when conservatives come into power, being able to censor liberal things. By censor, I mean being able to prevent and, and, and stop people from being able to do it. And Freedom of speech and expression is really the ultimate guardian against totalitarianism, because if you look historically, all authoritarian, all dictatorships, all wannabe dictatorships, the first thing they do is go after freedom of the press, freedom of speech. Okay, they attack the press. The press becomes the enemy. It becomes controlled by, insert the group here that you're uh, upset with, you know, liberals. It was Jews, it was, uh, you know, capitalist bourgeois, it was all these different people. It's always the enemy, you know, the enemy of the state is controlling the press, and we have to control it. Because once you control the flow of information, once you control the language, and that's something that George Orwell was very explicit about in 1984, one of my favorite books of all time, probably my favorite book of all time. I, I, I might have to revisit that at a later point, but right now I would probably say yes. And and it's become so much more, uh, you know, it just, it, you know, you walk into your study and, you know, after reading the news on CNN or BBC or NBC or whatever, Fox News, and 1984 jumps out and whacks you across the face and falls down onto the ground, open to a page where you're like, wow, Or, well, said exactly what was going to happen, you know, Um, because that's it. Once you control the language, once you can control what conversations are going on, then you begin shaping reality. You can start saying, oh, no, we never said that. No, 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 that's not true. Everything's fake news. Or not. No, this is fake news. That's not. Um, It really goes to the point that the pen is mightier than the sword, if you look historically at mo- the establishment of a lot of dictatorships, yes, there was violence involved, but inherently a lot more often than not, it was a slippery slope down the road of censorship of this, of preventing that, of controlling the discourse, of controlling the conversation. Um, and that's an issue. And this is why I feel that progressive nations, nations uh, countries that... Um, have the values of freedom of speech. They need to support freedom everywhere in the world, and they need to condemn countries that resist it. Um, you know people talk about uh, other countries. It's like you know wh- why? why do we have to why do we have to say, okay, well you know Saudi Arabia a country uh, that is horribly oppressive to journalists and and you know a barbaric to women, yet we are friends to them and we're selling them a couple of billion dollars in weapons. Over the heads of Congress, by the way, going to be very interesting to see how that happens. But we're funding these guys, and why? What what do we really need them for? Okay, uh, We've got 27 times the GDP of Saudi Arabia. In fact, if you look at uh, GDP is gross domestic product, it means how much a country actually produces. Um, and if you look at the top 10, um, you're talking about the U.S. is number one, China's number 2, Japan is number 3, then comes Germany, India, France, United Kingdom, Italy, Brazil, Canada, Korea's 11th, Russia is 12th. Okay? I mean, if these guys are really running around causing all sorts of shenanigans with our election systems, um why why again do we not why do we have to say, "Oh no, well we have to be friendly with them and everything." No, not if they're going to have journalists killed, which they have. Uh, you know, completely suppress freedom of speech, which they have, and have a dictatorship, which they do. No, I know at this point I'm going to have to make sure that if I uh, buy tea anywhere out there, it's not polonium-laced. But the bottom line is that we need to get back to—and I say that with hesitation because I know, you know, the, the idea of making America something again, you know, someone's already taken that— but we need to get back to the basic principles of supporting freedom around the world, supporting democratic institutions, and supporting the freedom of the press. And we need to start speaking out more harshly against countries that are being oppressive, that are oppressing their people. And we need to start doing that ourselves, okay? We need to start doing that ourselves, you know, one of the things that the Soviet Union constantly did in the 1960s when we would talk about how you're doing this to your people, they're very famous for something called whataboutism. And whataboutism is something where I say, "Look, you're oppressing your people." And they say, "What about the way you're treating African Americans?" Now, it's not a denial. They're not they're not arguing the point, meaning they're not saying, "No, we're not treating our people badly." They're simply saying, "Well, all right, maybe we're treating our people badly, but look how you're doing this." It doesn't make it right, but one of the best things that we had to do, and and it should have been done many, many years beforehand, but was was enacting civil right reform because it takes that argument out. We need to start supporting countries around the world, whether they are economically powerful or not. We need to start supporting countries that are advancing the causes of freedom, that have freedom of the press, freedom of speech, and countries that don't... We need to start condemning them. We need to be loud. We need to be clear, and we need to be unequivocal about it. And that's what we. That's that's just a good start, as we would say. So, having said that, those are my thoughts about uh, not forcing your views on other people. I would like to give a quick at the end of this a shout out to uh, Chelsea FC, who won the Europa League the other day um and i would like to say merci and adieu to eden azard who um likely played his last game wearing a chelsea jersey uh, i was privileged to be able to see him for 7 years uh wearing that jersey and he brought me a lot of moments of of happiness Uh, with his skill. And wherever he goes, um, you know, I'm not going to hate on it. I wish him the best of luck, as do I know uh, all other Chelsea fans. Uh, And I would also like to give a shout out uh, to my students uh, at School 21, uh, because I know a lot of them actually came up to me, and I loved it. They came up to me and said, you know, you brought up this point during uh, your first podcast, and I was like, really? You know, it's this sense that, you know, you guys are listening. You're not just you're not just clicking on it because it's like, okay, we'll just click on it to give it a hit. You're actually listening. And that's that's my point. I want people to actually listen and even pick up one or two things. I try and make this informative, I try and make it entertaining. Um so yeah, I, I hope you guys keep on listening and learning. For everyone else out there. Um, and everyone out there, including my students, please do feel free to. I know with with the Anchor app, you can drop um, a voice message, or you can make a comment about things. Um, we're currently on Spotify as well. After School History. Um, I'm hoping very soon that will be on, uh, you know, the the, the iTunes um, on the the Apple, you know, uh, podcast apps and stuff like that, um, and Google. Well, we'll see. Um, As soon as that happens, hopefully you'll be able to see me there. But please do drop a line if you have comments, if you want to say anything about this app. uh, I'm sorry, this podcast. If you want to say anything in general, if you have suggestions for something you want to hear me talk about in the future, do that. Until then, uh, be well, be safe, and we will talk to you again soon. Bye-bye.